celebrating 10 years of podcasting and online ministry, you are listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, where we take Christian truth into the arena of ideas. Now join your hosts, Dr. Brian Chilton and Curtis Evelo. Coming to you from Pilot Mountain, North Carolina, and Ronan, Montana, this is the Bellator Christie Podcast, where we take Christian truth into the arena of ideas. Uh, this, again, is Brian Chilton. We are joined by the cowboy apologist, Curtis Evelo, and we are uh, thankful and grateful that you're on with us today. We hope that you receive a blessing by uh, being with us. We've got an exciting podcast tonight where we're going to talk about a, a very important topic uh, that uh, really has received a lot of attention in the apologetic and theological world, and that it is about whether or not God still speaks. So that's the question. Does God still speak? And we're going to talk about that. We do have a quick thing for you. We've got a lot of announcements uh, to mention to you, but we're going to do that at the end of the podcast tonight. So we've got some exciting things to discuss with you about the podcast moving forward. Believe it or not, we've only we only have two episodes remaining after tonight, and it is hard to believe that season six is about over. But I do want to announce to you as of this week. The book Conversations About Heaven, Difficult Questions About Our Eternal Home is now available at withandstock.com and also at amazon.com as of today. I mean, this morning you had to pre-order it. Now, it's the afternoon, they have it up and ready. You can order it and you can uh, have it in your home very, very soon. So, I'm excited about this book. I was excited about the first one, Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics, but I have to say, Curtis, I'm even more excited about this this book than I was even the first one. Uh, but uh, anyhow, does God still speak? We'll jump into it and turn it over to our cowboy apologist. Yeah, we've got some exciting exciting things coming down the down the pipe through Bellator Christie's in the next year to year and a half. Boy, it's going to get busy. Absolutely, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff, and like I said, you want to want to you want to stay tuned to Bellator Christian Ministries. This year's going to be a, a we've got a bunch of things as Curtis said coming up. Next year's going to be an exciting year too. We hope you join us. Yeah, so let's go. Let's jump right into it uh, uh, for episode uh, twenty nine. Does God still speak? So. Biblically, uh, let's just jump right into this one. Biblically, what are the different ways that God has spoken to people in the past? Wow, uh, we we could uh, talk about several different ways. I mean, we we are told that uh, God that brought Scripture uh, about uh, to us through through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We see how God has spoken to people uh, like Elijah. Um, we we've seen how He spoke to him really through a um, through a still small voice, uh, which uh, that whisper of God. Uh, so we, we see that God has moved in, in that sense. We see that God, if at the baptism of Jesus, God spoke audibly where people in attendance, uh, they were able to hear the, the, the word of God. Uh, he's manifested himself visibly 
uh, in in various incarnations throughout history and throughout the space of, of space and time. Um, so, uh, and, and I want to say hello to Philip Atkins, and uh, and hope and hope he's doing well. Hope his wife Vicky's doing better. She's she's been under the weather, and so certainly praying for them. And so, uh, welcome all of you. If you do have any questions, be sure to uh, write them in as we go along. But anyhow, going back to it, God has spoken through pe- to people. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush. Uh, he, he spoke to um, Abraham several times. He's spoken to people through his Holy Spirit. And of course, uh, understanding who Jesus is, God uh, spoke uh, through his son Jesus in the, in the amazing life he lived. So God has spoken to people in numerous occasions and numerous fashions uh, throughout the past. Yeah, I, there's there's many different uh, spots in there where um, the the divine has has communicated um, various words. Um, thinking of Elijah, um, you know, <laughs> after he just got done um, having having a showdown with the uh, eight hundred and some priests of Baal <laughs> 850 together and he was he, <laughs> and he was hiding in the cave and and God came to him and said what are you doing over here <laughs> 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 just I just love it there's there's plenty of there's plenty of pictures in there in the scripture for it so does the Bible portray that God would stop speaking to people at any point then no, and I really want to focus in on this question because, quite frankly, we see quite the opposite going on in Scripture. There's there's not a passage of Scripture that tells us that God is going to stop speaking to us. In fact, we hear passages of Scripture saying things like uh, like like this. I want to share my screen here, and um, let me know, Curtis, if you can see it. I'm going to share this. Uh, the passage of scripture we have in John 14. So is it is it showing up on on your screen? Yeah, I've got John 14. Okay, it starts at verse 15. Yeah. So so I, I want I want to read verse 18, but I want to really focus in on verses 23. Let's go ahead and in through 25. But this is this is the words of Jesus. Now some people have argued well, he's just talking to his disciples. No, he. He is speaking with Christians in mind because he's getting ready to leave. See his response to Jude, who's not Iscariot, not not Judas Iscariot, the other Judas, the other Jude. See what he says here. So Jesus says this, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me. Now, of course, he's talking about his death, burial, resurrection, and then eventually the ascension that's to happen. But you will see me. Okay, he had that promise of resurrection. Because I live, you will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. Now, how is this going to happen ultimately? It's going to happen through the Holy Spirit. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I will also love him and will reveal myself to him. Okay, now here he's talking about something that's going to happen post-resurrection, post-ascension. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Now, Jesus is going to say how he's going to reveal himself to the world. 
Jesus answers, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we, Father and Son, will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. Okay, uh, the, word, the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. Now, how is this going to happen? Jesus and the Father are going to come to a person. But how does it happen? I spoke of these things to you while I remain in you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, sent by the Father in the name of Jesus, will teach you all things. This is talking about people who come, who, who believe in Jesus after post-resurrection, post-ascension. The Father is going to send the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus to teach us all things. Now where he says you put us to teach us all things and remind us of everything I have told you. And he goes on to say, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. You have heard me tell you I'm going away. Okay, so let's go on down. Jesus says here in verse, chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit. And he goes on verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Okay, let's go on down a little bit farther. And he's going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Uh, so he says here in verse 26, when the, Holy, when the Counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. You will also testify because you have been with me from the beginning. Let's go on down a little further to see what the Holy Spirit does. He says here again, in a little while you no longer see me. Again, in a little while you will see me. Talking about the resurrection. But let's, let's see where he goes and talks about the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's in chapter 17 where it talks about uh, the uh, Holy Spirit correcting. And um, did, we, did we pass it already? Looking for the, the passage of Scripture where the Holy Spirit corrects, teaches, uh, sanctifies. Okay, here it is. I, I went past it. Uh, because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment, about sin because they do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will no longer see me, and about judgment because the rule of this world has been judged. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will... Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. Now that's communicative. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and I will declare it to you. All of that, big passage of Scripture we looked at there, all of that talks about the communicative nature of the Holy Spirit, how He teaches, how He sanctifies, how He uh, convicts of sin, how He leads us in, in, these, in, these, uh, in this passage of Scripture, or not in the passage of Scripture, leads us in the way of truth, convicts us of sin and of righteousness. All of that is communicative. 
Now, there's another passage of Scripture. Uh, let's take a look at here in Job 33, verses 14. Um, let's, let's read verses 14 and 15. Uh, Curtis, would you read that for us? Sure. Um, yeah, just so, just so everybody knows, the screen... Brian shares when he shares at times there's a little bit of a lag there between it and it just came up for me so oh sure um verse verse 14 for God speaks time and again but a person may not notice it in a dream a vision in the night when deep sleep comes over people as the as they as they slumber on beds so in verse the 16 I'll go ahead. he uncovers their ears he uncovers their ears. That's that's you can read the rest of it and terrifies them with warnings. So you, you hear this right there. It's uncovers their ears. It's why is he uncovering them? Because he's going to communicate. Absolutely. And so here in the book of Job, we're told in a prophecy given about the uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When that day comes, the Spirit would be poured out on all flesh, both men and women, uh, men servants, maid servants, from, from the lowest to the highest. Everyone would have the Holy Spirit. That came at the day of Pentecost, continues mm-hmm. until this day. And, and what does it tell us? Your, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. The Holy Spirit will communicate with us at that time fully and freely. And we still live in that age of grace. We still live in that time where God still communicates. We don't see where the Scripture tells us that this is going to stop. In fact, it tells us it's going to intensify. And we shouldn't expect this to happen as we continue on in this Christian journey. Let's look at a couple of other passages of Scripture as we move on here. Uh, let's take a look at Psalm 25. I'll go ahead and read this one, verses 4 and 5. Um, here the psalmist says, Make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. I wait for you all day long. So obviously the psalmist believed that God could communicate with him in some capacity or uh, in some way. He's asking for God's guidance. He's asking him to make his ways known to him in a very communicative fashion. And let's take, let's see, take a look here as well. We're going to flip over to Psalm 143 and verse 10. And uh, Curtis, as soon as that pops up for you, would you would you read that for us? Yep, got it. It says, uh, verse 10, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me on level ground. So there again, the anticipation of God's guidance and direction, which would come through communication. So how does God speak to us? Well, there's a number of ways. Now, and it's not just audibly. Now, can God still speak to us audibly? Well, of course he can. God can do anything he pleases that's within the realm of his nature. Uh, so, so yeah, he sure he can. He speaks to us. We see in 2 Timothy 3.16 that God spoke through the Holy Spirit, Theonoustos, that all scriptures God breathed, breathed by the Holy Spirit, given to people from God's Spirit to their spirits, 
written out. We're, we're going to talk a lot about this in season seven when we get to bibliology. It's all going to be about the Word of God. It's going to be about the Bible, God's revelation in Scripture. And folks, if, if you have questions about the Bible, you have questions about the Word of God, you're going to want to tune in this September because we're going to hit it hard and heavy. Uh, we're going to look. It's all going to be about the Word of God in that bibliology section. So he speaks to us through the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 tells us uh, that, that we see through Jesus we, that Jesus is the image of God, the imprint of God given to us. So through the life of Jesus, uh, through his actions, his deeds, uh, God speaks to us through that. You know, there's a phrase that we often use, what would Jesus do? Well, do we stop and consider how Jesus lived? Do we stop and consider that he is our model for, for the, how we ought to live. He speaks to us <laughs> He speaks to us in Romans 120 uh, through creation. Uh, sometimes he speaks to us through other believers. Sometimes I call them divine appointments. There it is, Curtis. That's what the word I was looking for earlier. I guess we just weren't going and the spirit wasn't moving just yet. But it came. The divine appointment. Sometimes God puts the right people in the right moments at the right time and speaks a word to them or through them that we need to hear. And it's amazing the times that God has done that in my life. In fact, I was uh, speaking with someone just today and yesterday where it was a divine appointment. And uh, and God move, is moving through certain circumstances and situations. And Curtis, we could even say it went back to, what, 2000, what was it? 2018? Was it 2018 when you joined Bellator Christie? And uh, God just inspired you to say, "Hey, you know, you know, giving you a desire to, to podcast." And one thing led to another, and before we knew it, we were co-hosting this podcast together. So God moves in that circumstance and situation. Uh, we also see that He moves through music. Uh, he can inspire us through music, um, and uh, and and He also uh, in Second Chronicles twenty verse twenty one. Uh-oh, did we lose Curtis? I think we lost Curtis. Uh-oh. <laughs> is, is he with us? Well, maybe he'll be back on with us here in just a second. But uh, we'll move on from here. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. We see that God moves through music. King Jehoshaphat faced a huge army of enemies who could have easily destroyed his people. But he did something very strange at that moment. With a declaration that his eyes were on God, he sent a choir of praise singers. In Second Chronicles 20, verse 21, it says, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. So God can speak to us through music. And how many times, I think, has Curtis joined us now again? Is he back with us? I uh, should be here. There we go. There we go. All right. <laughs> but, Curtis, yes. we were talking about how God speaks to us through music, and we read Second Chronicles twenty twenty one, and it's amazing. Oh, you know, yeah. it's amazing when we – I mean, I know at the church I've been serving over at Fellowship Missionary mm. Baptist, there's amazing talent in that church, and just to hear – 
when especially a quartet gets up to sing, gets up to sing, and they they're hitting perfect harmonies. And they have all these things going on. Uh, the the music is playing just so, and it's all coming together. Mm-hmm. And you just got goosebumps. The spirit is mo- moving. You've got goosebumps going up and down your spine, uh, up and down your arms. And you just know that God is speaking a word to you through music. God speaks to us like that. He speaks to us through circumstances and situations that may come. You know, sometimes the Bible tells us in Revelation and in other passages of Scripture that, that what doors God opens, no man can shut. And what doors God closes, no man can open. So there are circumstances and situations where he's moving. It's like that story, Curtis, you shared, where he moved you to give that man, uh, that I think it was $50 at that time, You know, that perfect moment. It's yeah. a divine appointment. Yeah. And so we see how, I mean, if you want an example of this, think about how God moved, uh, uh, how the Spirit moved Philip to be out in a certain moment in the desert. I mean, he left... A revival where souls were being saved, <laughs> yeah. followed God's Spirit out to a desert and thinking to himself, Lord, why in the world do you call me out here? But lo and behold, there was an Ethiopian yeah. in a chariot reading a scroll of Isaiah and wanted to know what Isaiah 53 was all about. The Spirit of God set up a divine appointment so that the Ethiopian could hear the Word of God. And then, of course, as we just read in John 14, uh, God speaks to us from His Spirit to our spirit. Now, there are several different words that can be used from that for that, uh, but God can speak to us audibly still today, and He could if He so chooses. But a lot of times when we talk about hearing from God, so many people think that, uh, that you're talking about some type of audible voice. That's not how God speaks to us most times, although He can. Most time when He speaks to us, is from his spirit to our spirit. Um, Nicholas Volderstorff, I have his book here, and it's a thick academic book. It's hard reading. I'm just going to warn you, this is a hard book to read. But he he even talks about how, um, in in many ways, how God, uh, when he speaks to us, uh, in some ways, is, is him putting a thought uh, here's what he says. He says, uh, well, somehow the so suppose God had originally revealed something to someone. How is that person to proceed? Well, somehow the thought comes to mind that God revealed this. What brings that about? Uh, perhaps God directly plants a belief in someone's mind. God also directly plants a second level thought that the first level belief in the case of the revelation becomes revealed to that person. So in this case, God is speaking to us from His Spirit to our spirit. That's divine communication. And I can't tell you the number of times that God has placed someone on my mind so strongly. And I I would pick up the phone and I would call that person. And they would tell me, Brian, I've, I've tried to reach you all day. I've tried to reach you all day. And how did you know to call me today? Or I even remember in a previous pastorate, God put, put, a, lady's, uh, put a lady's name in my mind. I, I couldn't get this lady off my mind. And so I was on visitation that day, and something some just told me I needed to go see this lady. Well, I go to the nursing home where she was, and did you, would you believe she was having a stroke? and needed someone there with her. No one else knew it. 
but she was having a stroke. And that was God's spirit speaking to my spirit that I needed to be there with that woman. That's divine communication. Now, can God speak audibly? Yes, he can. But God's spirit speaking to our spirit still happens today. And I'm just going to tell you, as we've talked before about the experiences that we have, no one can convince me otherwise that that wasn't God moving because I've had too many encounters, too many situations where God has moved just like that. And so there's no doubt in my mind that that's God's Holy Spirit speaking to my spirit and uh, telling me at times and places and occasions where I need to be. So does divine communication still happen? You bet your bottom dollar it does. And not only does Scripture not say that God will stop speaking to us, in fact, it tells us that through the Holy Spirit we can anticipate instruction, correction, and direction to happen uh, from the Holy Spirit of God. About got me preaching. Yeah, there's too many. Yeah, well, there's. <laughs> I was gonna say there's there's too many times it, we talked about this several podcasts back, where you know personal uh, apologetics, the things that the things that uh, you know have happened to us, you know, our own testimony. Um, the things that we can we can actually use as a testimonial to people, and you can't you can't deny that experience. That that's that's the thing about communication. It's hard to deny them that communication. If it tests out scripturally, what is it? Why would it? Uh oh. <laughs> I, I think we may have. <laughs> well, I tell you, when you start talking about the Holy Spirit of God and how God moves and God communicates, you, you can anticipate the enemies moving and <laughs> lurking around. And I'm afraid we've got some spiritual warfare going on in our technology tonight because uh, we are having some connection issues, unfortunately. Um, Curtis, are you there? <laughs> we, hang on with us, folks. We're we're uh, we we had two Curtises there. It looks like on screen. <laughs> so. Well, well, I tell you, while while we're waiting on Curtis, I'm going to go ahead and move on to the uh, next t- point, a topic we we're going to talk about, and we'll 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 try to catch uh, catch up with Curtis here in just a few moments. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. We've got a we've got some bad uh, uh, the uh, internet's not wanting to cooperate with us, unfortunately, tonight. But uh, the the next thing we we're going to talk about uh, tonight is whether or not. Um, or, or whether asking whether or not um, the biblical canon is closed, and here again, as we're talking about the biblical canon, we're talking about the Word of God, we're talking about the books that are accepted in Scripture, uh, and the and the question is whether or not the biblical canon is still open. In other words, um, are there other books that could be added to the Bible than what we have? Now, or is the Bible 
closed as it closed with Revelation, from Genesis to Revelation. And I know there are some denominations will, that we, we as Protestants accept 66 books in, in, of the Bible. There are some denominations that accept 72. And I'm thinking, in the Catholic tradition, I think it's like 72, if I'm not mistaken. And I think in the Greek Orthodox tradition, it may be higher still, maybe something close to 80, I believe, books. But nonetheless, all of those books, uh, the books that are added uh, it came between the books that are added that we as Protestants don't have. Came between uh, the books of the Old Testament and the books of the New. It, a lot of the apographa is added, and then uh, the pseudepigrapha. Some of the books of the pseudepigrapha is added in some some traditions as well. But the question is whether or not uh, the biblical canon is is closed. And so we answer, as Curtis looks like he's logging on with us now. Uh, it we answer that yes, the biblical canon is closed. With uh, as Protestants, we accept sixty six books uh, in in the biblical canon, and the biblical canon is indeed closed at this time. So Curtis, I went ahead and went on to the next uh, topic uh, there as we we're talking about the biblical canon, and just said uh, just men- made mention of the fact that the biblical canon is indeed closed and that we should not expect additional books to be added to the biblical canon. And that's really all I was going to say about that, uh, about right. that section. Yeah, yes. And so when you hear people that, that um, their rebuttal to does God still speak, they will say that he already spoke and he spoke through his word, Um and that the canon is closed from there, so there's no no need for any more uh, directive or communication. I say they they know in their heart of hearts, in their in their in their core being, that they know that that's not exactly true. I, I th- you know I would like to think so too. I you know I, I of course I can't speak for what anybody else is 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 thinking, uh, but. But at the same time, I I think I think some of it, which which we'll get into that here in just a section, is just a moment, uh, talking about the different uh, controversies over that. But I, I do believe there are some who genuinely has concerns, holds concerns uh, for 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 certain movements that's taking place. And Greg Kokel would be one of those guys. You know, he's often spoke against. Uh, the communication of God, but but quite frankly, while I greatly respect Greg Kokel and respect his ministry, this would be an area where I would I would differ with him and and really differ quite vehemently with him, uh, although still respectfully, uh, because I do believe that God continues to speak, and and I don't know that necessarily. Um, that's a good reason why. But well, while we're on the topic, let's go ahead and just talk about that, the controversies over uh, God's continued communication with us. So there are three areas I, I think we can see and or find as, as, for, as far as why. And there may be other ones that uh, could be added, but I think from what I have at least heard or seen, uh, people have issues with God's continued com- communication for, for three reasons at least. And I think one of them could probably be the whole concept of cessationism, especially in a strong version. Uh, but a lot of these issues uh, concern concerning the canon of Scripture uh, and whether divine communication would, as you said, Curtis, add to the revelation of God. Because the argument goes that if the if the Scripture is a revelation of God, and then God speaks to you to do something, then that would be on par with the revelation of, of God. 
It would be on par with what God said in Scripture. And so uh, it would almost make, in that mindset, make uh, the, the commands of God for us to eat breakfast in the morning on par with the pages of Scripture. Now, I think if we think through this, we see that it's really nonsensical. Uh, <laughs> I think right. we really truly see that it's nonsensical. But um, but that is an issue and concern. Nicholas Volderstorff, in his book Divine Discourse, also adds the caveat that we need to take care that we don't associate uh, mental disorders with divine communication. If someone has... Uh, some form of mental disorders. I mean, there are some people who may think that C.S. Lewis said, uh, you know, some people may think themselves to be a poached egg or something of the sort. Um, and so certainly we want to be respectful and be mindful of certain certain things that go on um, with that. But also there's issues concerning misuse of God's voice to promote personal agendas. And we do have to be very careful with this because with this issue, because there have been people I've noticed that will say, God spoke to me to do this one particular thing. What if that thing fails? Did God really speak to that person? Now, quite frankly, God can still speak to us to do certain uh, certain things and that thing fail, because, because think of Isaiah and Jeremiah. By the world's standards, Isaiah and Jeremiah would have been failures, but they were obedient to God in proclaiming the word. Now, God even told them that most of the people wouldn't listen to them, but it was still necessary for them to go out and preach the word, to be faithful and preach the word. So, because it fails doesn't mean God wasn't in it, because God may be working through the details of things that we don't even realize. Uh, so, so we can't use that as a barometer to test whether or not it was really God. But we do have to be careful uh, not to confuse God's voice with our personal agendas and not to misuse that whole proclamation, God spoke to me, whenever it's simply saying, you know, I could say that God spoke to me and wants me to eat a dozen donuts. But was that really God speaking to me or the fact that I'm craving a dozen donuts? I don't think anybody should eat a dozen donuts. I know as much as I love donuts, I couldn't eat a dozen of them. But the whole point is, we can't confuse our, our personal agendas with God's voice, and that is very careful. We've got to be very careful with that. And let me also say, you could be accused, if, if you misuse that, you could be accused of being a false prophet in, in, saying, in, in elevating yourself with God, and that is the very thing that, uh, not that Moses was not a false prophet, but one of the reasons why God really... Um, did not allow him to go into the promised land is because God told him to speak to the rock and Moses struck it because he was putting himself on par with God and that was a big no-no. So when we use our personal agendas and proclaim them as being God's voice speaking to us, we're doing the same thing that Moses did to a degree. Yeah, I, I just say that it's got to be backed the communication it has to be backed with scriptures. It has to be backed with something uh, that is a scriptural content. Um, like you were saying, eating a dozen donuts. There's no nowhere is it is that scriptural. No, absolutely. But if he tells you, but if he tells you, hey, give this fifty dollar bill to this person and tell them that Jesus loves them and yeah. that he was and that Jesus is 
thinking of them, um, and he knows his concerns, that would be something that would be scriptural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, giving giving to the poor and the needy, and then giving them a word of exhortation and, and lifting them up, those two are scriptural. Yeah, I absolutely. I would wholeheartedly agree. So I think we're on number so five. How now. should we? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, how, how do we approach the topic of divine communication without accepting an open biblical canon? Well, a lot of this goes to into what you just what you just said, Curtis. I think a couple of things are very, or two or three things are very important. One, consider that God's Spirit spoke to people in writing the Word of God. So likewise, the same Spirit dwells within us, so it only stands to reason that God would remain uh, communicative, but He would also remain consistent. Uh, and with that, this this uh, we, we come to the second part. Jesus said that He is the vine, we are the branches. Through Him we produce fruit. So the connection is through the Spirit, and He didn't leave us as orphans. So here again, I think we need to be open to that communicative aspect of the Holy Spirit. But also consider that we must test the spirits, and 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 when I say this, th- this is this doesn't mean that God cannot make Himself known in a very vivid fashion because He can. And I've heard people who oppose this whole concept of God's continued communication with us, saying, "Well, if God wants to speak to you, He He would make absolutely sure that you heard it." Well, that's true. He could. But so often he speaks from his spirit to our spirit. And, you know, even Jesus, if you think about it, he did miracles, but sometimes he got frustrated because he would rather people listen to him instead of doing all these signs and wonders. God's spirit speaks to our spirit. The problem is not with God speaking. The problem is with our hearing. And sometimes if we allow sin in our lives and and different things in our lives that may be counterintuitive to God, we may misunderstand what God is saying to us. So understand God is truth. We learned that in Titus 1 too, And will never lie to us. If the Bible is the word of God, then God will not speak against the divine revelation given in the Bible. But you may ask, well, how do we know the Bible mm-hmm. is the word of God? Well, tune into season seven, and we're going to give a whole lot of information to show why the Bible is the Word of God. So stay tuned, folks. That's coming. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what is meant by uh, speech? So yeah, I, I was actually going to mention this earlier, speech act theory, but you know, with our technology. <laughs> Acting as it is, I think I got off the rails a little bit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, good for you. <laughs> but but speech act theory, <laughs> speech act theory is, is a philosophy of language. Uh, this is a, this is the the philosophy of how we communicate. And here again, like I said, this book, but written by Nicholas Volterstorff, um he is um, uh, the the Noah Porter Professor of Philosophical Theology at Yale University. This is a thick book. It is a difficult read, but I want to tell you, if you take the time to read through this, he gives some insights 
that really, really help in this whole this whole this whole discussion. In fact, I'm even thinking about writing an academic paper drawing the connections from what he discusses into this into this conversation. I've actually been thinking about maybe writing that for for an academic journal here very, very soon. But anyhow, um, he talks about the speech act theory uh, coming by J.L. Austin. And J.L. Austin argues that uh, fundamental to this theory is the distinction between three types of communicative acts. Okay, folks, if you have questions, feel free to ask them because we're going to get a little deep right here, okay? So there are three levels of communicative acts. There are locutionary acts, L-O-C-U-T-I-O-N, locution or locutionary acts, which describe acts of uttering or inscribing words. This is what is said or what is meant by communication given. Then there are what's called illocution, I-L-L-O-C-U-T-I-O-N, illocutionary acts, that are performed by way of locutionary acts, such as asking, asserting, commanding, promising, and so on. So in other words, when the locution, the command is given, the, the, the truth is given, illocutions draw a person back to, by asking questions, asserting, commanding, draws a person back to the locutionary acts. Okay, And then there's a third level called Per is locution with a P-E-R in front of it. Perlocutionary acts, which are persuasions. That is, a person trying to persuade you to do something regarding the locutionary acts that were given. Okay, so, my gosh, what are you talking about, Brian? What does this have to do? Let's break, <laughs> let's break this thing down. Let's break this thing down a little simpler. Locutionary acts are the statements given, the truths given. Illocutions are requests, requests uh, or questions that refer back to the locutions, and the perlocutions are persuasions leading you back to what the locutionary act is saying. So what does this mean for the, for the Christian? The locutionary revelation of God is found in the Word of God. It's found in the Bible. Those are the commands, the truths spoken by the Spirit of God, preserved in the Bible. Illocutionary acts are when the Spirit speaks through us and reveals certain truths back in the Scripture, reveals those truths to us, corrects us, guides us, directs us in life, but is still guiding us back to what was written in the Word of God, and the perlocutionary section is how the Holy Spirit persuades us, urges us to live righteous lives and to do things that cohere back with what is in the Word of God. So the locutionary acts are the Word of God, is the Word of God. The Spirit speaks to us through illocutions and perlocutions, guiding us and directing us according to the final Word of God given in Scripture, persuading us to live righteous lives in accordance to what is given to us in Scripture. The speech act theory actually yep. coheres with the way the Holy Spirit works um, in and through our lives. We have the written Word of God. We have the persuasive nature of the Holy Spirit 
the, the direction of the Holy Spirit, but all of that remains true to what you find in Scripture. So there is no contradiction whatsoever with God speaking to us now and still remaining true with a closed canon in Scripture. Amen. So, are there any safeguards that must be implemented when we think we have heard from God? Well, the first thing I would say is is make sure, and, and folks, you'll know, if you've ever had an encounter like Curtis is talking about with, with when he heard from God to give the man $50, you're going to know. You're going to know that thought was not yours. You're going to know if if you have someone on your mind, God is putting someone on your mind. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to be able to shake it. I know the times I've had that happen with me. You're not going to be able to shake it. You're going to know that those thoughts did not derive from yourself. They came from God. You're just going to know it. Okay. So, but so you first of all got to ensure that it's not something that you that originates with you. It originates from God. Secondly, we have to also ensure that we're not suffering any mental disorders. And this is something that that Nicholas Volterstorff mentions quite a bit toward the end of his book in Divine Discourse about um, how God puts His thoughts into our thoughts, places His His communication into us uh, in a, in a very compelling fashion as he describes in his book, Divine Discourse. But we need to make sure that we are actually hearing from God and not suffering from some type of mental disorder. So that's one of the things that Wolterstorff mentions. And also ensure that we're with what we are hearing, that it coheres with the Word of God, because God does not lie. So if God tells you one thing in Scripture, then he's not going to come back and tell you something that's different. You know, I you what what you may be hearing may come from yourself, or it may come from the enemy, but it may not be yeah. from God, because what God's yeah. going to tell you is not going to disagree with what you find in the Word of God. Uh, that is, if the Bible is the Word of God, and we're going to talk about that coming up in season seven, which is which is really a good segue. This is the last, really, um, outside of talking about my dissertation. The next time we're together, this is really the last episode on this whole theological section of of theology proper. So it really is a good segue into season seven. But then also, lastly, ensure that we allow ourselves to be open to God's communicative acts. Uh, Because if you're a person that says, God will not speak to me, I'll never hear from from God, well, chances are likely if God does speak to from his spirit to your spirit, unless he just speaks audibly to you. And and trust me, let me tell you something. I was in a situation one time where I was resisting the Holy Spirit of God when he was calling me back in the ministry. I ran and hit, and God got my attention. I about got struck by a lightning bolt, several of them. You don't want God to speak to you like that, okay? Understand, you don't want him to go down that road with you. <laughs> So you might want to be open to the communicative spirit of God speaking to you because as one who's been there, you don't want to go down that path, friend. You don't want to go down that path at all. So ensure that we're open to God's communicative acts and and to his Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 
Well, like you said, it, it it's you know that it's not something that you would be thinking of. I would not be thinking about giving fifty bucks to somebody just randomly throughout randomly. No, <laughs> I'd be thinking of that. I know I wasn't crazy. I, I know what communicated to me, and. It was verified by after hour about him just praying to God before he met me, saying he doesn't believe in him. Mm. And so right there, you know, the words I spoke to him, the words I heard given to me that I had given to him, I spoke them verbatim, and those were the exact words that man needed to hear, and he was spoke back to me a verification of it and every bit of it was scriptural mm. amen powerful well curtis before we wrap up we do have some uh, announcements we want to share with our listeners some exciting things coming yeah. up at bellator christie we wanted to jump right into this episode because it's just such a compelling compelling uh this conversation so before we close out uh, again i do want to announce to you that conversations about heaven difficult questions about our eternal home uh, is now available it's available at withinstock.com that's w-i-p-f the the word and a-n-d uh, stock, uh, S-T-O-C-K, it's all one word, withandstock.com. You can go there, look up conversations about heaven, and you'll find the cover. It's a beautiful blue cover with some clouds in the background. Uh, it's also now, as of today, available on Amazon.com, so you can go there to Amazon.com and order it there as well. And eventually, it will be available uh, in bookstores everywhere. Uh, I think if you go to With and Stock, if I'm not mistaken, and Amazon. I know Wiffenstock has the Kindle version, Kindle version, if you want it there. Uh, but eventually, it will be offered on all platforms. Uh, but it is just now uh, matriculating out. Also, next week, let you know, next week we will not have a podcast uh, because I and many of our uh, team members from Bellator Christie will make the track up to Lynchburg, Virginia, where we will uh, participate in the graduation ceremonies. So I know we have several people on our team that will be there. Uh, Scott Reynolds, Deanna Huff, Michelle Johnson, uh, and many others, including myself. I think that got everybody on our team. But at least four people there uh, will be up in Lynchburg. So pray for us for safe travels. Uh, Pray that we have uh, good, clear weather for the Friday service. Uh, Franklin Graham is scheduled to give the commencement address. So looking forward to that as well. So next week we won't have a podcast. After that, believe it or not, we only have two episodes remaining. And when we get back the week after next, uh, we'll have a special episode on uh, my dissertation. I wanted to, to before we close out the the season, wanted to tell you a little bit about the dissertation, what it's about. Eventually, I hope to have it in book form. Uh, but uh, we, we, I tell you what, we've just had a lot of stuff going on, a lot of projects going on. And so, uh, but that'll be coming up very soon. After that, we're going to have a, uh, a, a, a short podcast that we'll have where we uh, conclude season six and look forward to season seven. We've got some great things on tap for you in season seven, and uh, we hope that you'll join us. And believe it or not, looking ahead to season eight, we should have all of the systematic theology finished by that time. 
So a lot of compelling things coming up, a lot of exciting things coming up. We also have a book that we're writing together as a Bellator Christie team on creationism, and we'll be able to have more information for you on that coming up in Season 7. But we can confirm, as of this week, that we do have a publisher for our book on creationism. So you'll be hearing a lot more about that coming up in the weeks ahead. Curtis, are you still with us, or did you... Bless his heart, I think he got locked out again. <laughs> well, not locked out. I think we're having internet troubles tonight. Did, is he coming? Is he back on? <laughs> Let's see here. There, there he is. There he is. So, but, so as a cowboy apologist is back with us, we just want to let you know we've got some exciting things ahead, and so we hope that you'll join us. Again, We, as of this week, we can confirm that we do have a publisher for Abilator Christie's book on creationism. Uh, we'll, you'll hear a lot more about that book coming up in Season 7, so uh, we're excited about that. So, Curtis, that's all I have. you have anything else before we land this plane? Goodness gracious, I don't know what is going on with this this uh, technical stuff. I don't get it. I don't understand. But, um, yeah. But Well, there we have it, folks. Uh, that's, that's a wrap on all of our technical difficulties and uh, <laughs> a, a visit with uh, about the book and everything else. Um, we certainly thank you for spending time together with us. And and we do value that time, and it does frustrate us when we have technical issues like this because um, that time is important to us. Um, and our prayers that this podcast helps stretch your mind and becomes a place to strengthen your faith as we strive to create an atmosphere of discussion and a reliable source of information. Join us next time on the Bellator Christie Podcast. Until next time, and I say. Soldier on, Soldier friends. on, friends. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast with Brian Chilton and Curtis Evelo. This podcast is an exclusive production of Bellator Christie Ministries and is protected under Creative Commons copyright, all rights reserved. The views expressed on this podcast may not reflect the opinions of Bellator Christie Ministries and its affiliates. We thank you for listening and hope you'll consider leaving a positive review. To see more from Bellator Christie Ministries, go to bellatorchristie.com. Have you ever had questions about heaven? Have you ever thought about what we'll do there? Will animals be found in heaven? Are NDEs real? Is heaven only going to include worshiping God through music? Or will we be able to engage in other activities? In my upcoming book, Conversations About Heaven, I reflected on the conversations I had about heaven with a woman who attended a former church I served as pastor. These conversations challenged her to see heaven in a new light. Heaven is a place where our, our wildest imaginations will come true and the greatest of possibilities will be brought to actuality. 
Our conversations about heaven gave this woman peace and comfort that she did not have before. In my upcoming book, Conversations About Heaven, I record our conversations and go deeper into the issues, and it is my hope that Conversations About Heaven will give you the same peace that this saintly woman received. Look for my book, Conversations About Heaven, to hit bookstores very soon. Conversations About Heaven is now available at Wiffenstock.com, Amazon.com, and anywhere that books are sold. If you enjoy the Bellator Christie podcast, why not join us for the live taping of the show? This show is recorded every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and to catch the live show, consider going over to youtube.com forward slash Bellator Christie. We hope to see you there.